Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our seventh heaven podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing season eight, episode 13 of Seventh Heaven, the title of which is Major League. Our IMDb user synopsis is Martin wants to drop out of school when a sports team recruits him. Lucy wants to move out after an argument with her mother. Kevin tells her to apologize and be more active in their finances. Chandler is the executor of his father's estate. Um, we don't even need to talk about the episode. That's it. <laughs> yeah, um, actually. So, yeah. So we're going to kick it off with the cold open. Well, first impressions. Right. We're going to kick it off with the first impressions. And my first impression is that... Well, yeah, I thought you were just going to oh, lead into talking. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. like we, true, I introduced that's it. That's good. That, you have a point. You have a point. Uh, this seems like your everyday 7th Heaven episode. Uh, I feel like we haven't been getting those in the recent run that we've watched. There's kind of been like a... There was like, you know, the storyline with Matt, uh, with the story arc with Matt, and then the story arc with Peter and his father. But this is very, like, typical 7th Heaven. You have Ruthie dealing with, you know, like, teenage drama. You have Lucy dealing with the fact that she's, like, an adult now, so that drama. You have... I thought actually this was pretty uh, pretty good for the Camdens to go into this, like how to treat Martin, because he's moved in now officially. So yeah, uh, but I did feel like a little bit with the Cecilia storyline that this was kind of a repeat of like Annie's role in the family changing, and that Cecilia's taking over more so than she was before. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it with the cold open. Uh, it's a very short cold open in that it's. Martin moving in. He's getting a tour of the Camden house, even though he's... All he has with him is a duffel bag. And he's been there, like, multiple times, so he knows all about it. He brings up the point about how there's only one bathroom, but... There is more than one bathroom, so he's wrong. Uh, there's one in the attic now, which we, I know we haven't mentioned. And, some shockingly, he is moving into... Uh, okay, I don't, like... It's been everybody's room, but Simon's, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, it's the room where Matt and Robbie were staying. It used to be where Ruthie was staying. It used to be where Mary, Mary and Lucy Lucy's room. Staying. But that's where he's moving. Yeah. Which means that Simon's room is still empty. Uh, and the thing that I didn't like about this was that Martin is sleeping on one of the twin beds instead of, like, getting a bigger bed or putting the two beds together. Mm-hmm. Something. But yeah, that's the cold open. Uh, we'll get back to Martin later. But first, let's talk about Chandler. Uh, because they've run out of things for Chandler to do, we get a callback to like Chandler's storyline from, I feel like, last season? Yeah, last season, which was his uh, strained relationship with his father. So remember, his father died earlier in this season, and uh, he is the executor of his father's estate. This um, leads to some, like, I know we don't like Chandler, but this was pretty funny because, um, so Chandler is, like, expressing hesitation over being the executor of his father's estate, and he's like, oh, this is just one more way that my father can control me from beyond the grave. The Rev is like, well, why don't you decline to be the executor? And Chandler's like, no, because that's what he wants me to do, so I'm going to do this anyway. And um, he's like, oh, and my brother is in and out of recovery, so I don't really want to give him any money right now, and that's kind of what his father's wishes indicated as well. Um, so anyway, Chandler's evil mother comes to town yes. and this woman is the perfect, like, like you said it perfectly when you said it was like a soap opera. She's like a soap opera villain. 
Uh, she's obviously an older lady. Uh, her name's purely Mrs. Ha- uh, Hampton. Yeah. And uh, she has very interesting style choices. We haven't done a fashion like moment or fashion corner in, in a, a while. while. But there needs to be something said about her outfits. Uh, her first outfit is a leather and fur coat. It's like a fur, fur collar. And her second outfit at the episode, at first it's, we see only the top of it, which is a... Co- animal print. Yeah, collared animal print. Not just one animal print, multiple animals on this shirt. And she's also got her collar popped, which looks especially evil. And then we see her whole outfit, and it's like paired with a leather mini skirt. This woman is definitely in her 60s. Yeah. 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 So that you know, was an interesting Early choice. 60s, I yeah. would say. Uh, and her entire... Dialogue consists of... Give, give me my money. Yes. Give Sid and I our money. And that's it. That's basically... That's Chandler's entire episode is his mother chasing him around, insisting that she give him the money. And he's like, no, I can't because I'm the executor and like this is not what's in the will, so I can't do what's not in the will because it's illegal, so I need to do what Dad wanted me to do. Um, and She tries to sue him for a hot second. And and by that, you just mean she briefly mentions that she will do it. <laughs> yeah, that he's like, you will lose. And she's like, fine, you win this round. Uh, and and we- then she and then it finally ends with Chandler giving her like a $500 check. And she's like, oh, I'll never get all I'm entitled to before I'm dead. Uh, so what we gather is that Chandler's family is hella rich. Because she's never like stayed in a bad hotel in her life. She's never had to carry her own luggage in her life. Like She's made of money. And the reason it's tough is because she's been like she's now only getting an allowance, so she doesn't have access to the money altogether. And I also was under the impression that Chandler's parents might have been divorced. Like, where was his mother in the father's last few days? But I guess that is not true. And also, usually, people who are married um, have their spouse be their executor because that's what makes most sense. Uh, yeah, and I would just like to say that the show has some sort of obsession with Napoleon Bonaparte in that uh, we, we heard of him in like a, a few episodes ago with the hospital, but again, in this episode, his mother calls him a tyrant a la Napoleon. He's like, I'm not short and bald and fat and all this stuff. And French. <laughs> and French, that is true. Um, but, so... Yeah. I mean, that's really this entire storyline is just this evil woman having these soap opera scenes with Chandler. And they're actually pretty, like, they were humorous in that I, I wasn't even paying attention to what's going on. Just, like, the way she would react to things yeah. and her inflection when she would speak was just, it was all very humorous. It was, it was. IMO. Yeah, it was, it, I felt like she belonged in, like, Dallas. Like, yes. old school Dallas or something. Or, like, Dynasty. Right, Dynasty, yeah, yeah, yeah. She looked like she belonged on Dynasty, yeah. like, yeah, with her animal prints. and. You know they brought back Dynasty, right? I... On the CW, there's a yes, updated I think, version. Yes, I think I had seen some ads for that on, like, the subway or something. Um. So, next storyline we're going to get into is kind of envelops most of the people in the cast. Uh, so, it starts with... Uh, Peter. Yes, coming to the Camden house and to letting Ruthie know that he's really excited about Suzanne Rogers' party and that they've gotten an invite. Uh, Suzanne Rogers is a person we've never heard of, so don't worry if you are alarmed by that name. Well, we did, both of us did remember that Lucy had a friend named Suzanne that was like her best friend who had to move away, I believe. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is a couple's party, and they're both excited to go. Peter's gotten um, a yes from his mother by saying that Annie is going to let 
Ruthie go, so he should be able to go too. Uh, so now the task is on Ruthie to try to get Annie to say yes. Ruthie, in, I feel like, is a very normal thing to do when you have siblings, asks her older sibling for help in convincing Annie to let her go. Uh, so she goes to Lucy, and Lucy's like, don't worry, I got you. Uh, this is when... Which, I don't understand what Lucy's supposed to be doing. Uh... So, uh... We've mentioned this before, like, Aaron represents the youngest sibling kind of contingent, whereas I represent the oldest sibling contingent. But this is something that I've done in the past, like, when my siblings have needed help with things, like, maybe, like, smoothing things over, like, if they got a bad grade, or, like, now that they're older, um, like, problems that they might have in college and stuff where they don't want to talk to my parents directly and they want to kind of use me as, like, a, I don't know, negotiator kind of a little bit. So I'm, like, I get that. I feel like it's probably one of those things where it's like, oh, if like, Lu- like if she- Lucy's able to sweet talk her mo- like Annie into getting Ruthie to go, mm-hmm. um, this kind of parallels a little bit. I feel like we could talk about the Lucy Kevin stuff here. Um, actually, I don't really not, understand. Not really. Yeah. So anyway, I don't understand why she wants Lucy to get involved. But she asks Lucy. Lucy's like, okay, don't worry, you're going to that party. So Lucy is lobbying for Ruthie, and she gets in a fight with Annie because she basically says, like, I went to plenty of parties where you didn't know the parents when I was younger, and, you know, I turned out fine. Just let Ruthie go to this party. Um, And Annie is like, well, I bet if you think back to every party that you went to that I didn't know the parents, something bad ended up happening at those parties. So, like, I'm her mother you have nothing to do with this, and I'm making the judgment call here. I wish you hadn't thrown yourself in the middle of this. So Lucy, like, during this, any kind of, she's just, like, lecturing her, and Lucy gets, like, her eyes start welling up a little bit, and then she finally is just like, Kevin and I are moving out. Consider this our 30-day notice. Um, yeah. So Annie does not take kindly to, at all to the fact that Lucy uh, was trying to, like, was what Annie sees is, like, Money into something that oh, yeah. that wasn't her business. Uh, Ruthie's also upset because she's not allowed to go to this party. Uh, apparently, Suzanne's parents are out of town. Suzanne's older sister, who's 16, was supposed to be in charge, but she's going on a date tonight. So Suzanne's basically having this party without any supervision whatsoever. Uh, and Ruthie's really upset at her mom for not letting her go. And also upset at her mom for the way that she's reacting to Lucy uh, and the fact that her party situation has caused this rift in the family. Um, this so is- on the, this like is paralleled with, um, the fact that, um, Kevin and Lucy are having this like marital discord over the fact that, um, Lucy is like careless with their finances. And it seems like Kevin just is asking her to keep a record of all the checks that she writes so that none of them bounce. And she, we get the impression that she like frequently or routinely forgets to do so. So Kevin just wants her to be more involved in um, like their, the financial aspect of their relationship and their marriage. Um, So I don't exactly know why this comes up in this episode. It doesn't really seem to fit, but um, after Lucy like freaks out and is like, we're moving out. Um, Kevin is like, no, we're not moving out and you're going to learn about the finances and our investments. And Lucy's like, oh, we have investments. Yeah. It's really, I like, don't understand what they're at. Like, I don't know what they're trying to do with the Lucy Kevin relationship. I feel like they're trying to show, 
Like, maybe they're trying to show us something that's, like, crazy traditional. I feel like... I feel like they're trying to show us something that might be, like, more healthy because he wants her to be in... Like, he's not, like... Even though he's the only person with a source of income, he's not, like, trying to control her using money. Like, they have an equal... He's trying to make them, like, equal partners in every aspect of the relationship. That's true. But it's not really, like... um, that's not the vibe I would ever get from Kevin ever. Yeah, yeah. Unless, but for this episode. Um, yeah, but it is really interesting that from the get-go, they kind of had it that he was in charge of financials and she had nothing to do with it. Like, I feel like Seventh Heaven has its faults, but, like, in the Camden household, they've pretty much shown that, like, Annie's not your typical female wife stereotype and, like, the Rev isn't your typical male husband kind of stereotype in that, like, Annie's always, like, fixing things around the house, Annie's really good with money, like, so on and so forth. So I don't know. It's I guess they're showing the reverse of that with Lucy and Kevin. Um, Kevin's also, like, pretty hard on Lucy. Or actually, I think he's pretty, like, good on Lucy with the fact that she needs to apologize to her mother and that they can't move out. And she's like, well, I don't like apologizing because that means I have to admit that I'm wrong. And I'm like, Jesus you Christ. You are so immature. Yeah, like, you're supposed... She's supposed to be, what, 20 now? 21? 21. I'm going to make her 21 at least because when Mary was... Well, let's see. It's been eight seasons, and she turned, like, 13 in the first season. So she has to be 21, yeah. yeah. Or, like, about to turn 21, which is, yeah. like, ridiculous. Like, she, you are, ha- like, you haven't gotten used to the fact that you're going to be wrong for the most of your life. Like, come on. I will say, uh, this is something that Erin and I disagreed on. Erin uh, was more so, I guess, on Annie's side and that she didn't understand why Lucy was involved, and she kind of, like, understood Annie's anger at, like, Lucy butting her head into something she wasn't supposed to be in whereas i was like i don't understand why annie's getting so territorial about it but um no well i guess annie kind of gets territorial this whole episode i think that's the whole point that's annie's whole storyline in this episode is like other people trying to parent her kids and it's really just setting her off um because they're her kids and she thinks that she knows best and i guess that's that's that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end, basically, Ruthie apologizes to Annie. Lucy, apo- well, Lucy doesn't apologize to Annie. Annie says the words, and, and, Lucy, and just goes, Lucy just goes, "Yes," over yes. and over again. Because yeah, so Annie's like, "Did you think you have to apologize to me?" And Lucy just goes, "Yes," and then she, Annie's like, "Apology accepted." And I was like, "But she didn't apologize. Uh, yes. You apologized, and she agreed." Uh, the other thing happening, which includes Annie, uh, again, with this kind of suit, like not parenting, parenting thing is that Cecilia's entire storyline or Cecilia as a person has devolved into the babysitter for the twins. And that's about all she does. Uh, and so and she's she, always eating dinner with the, she just lives at the Camden's house basically, um, without having a bed there. Uh, For no particular reason. She just takes care of the twins. Exactly. So uh, she is surprising Annie by by learning, by teaching the twins how to ride their bikes without training wheels, which is something I don't even know how to do. So congratulations, twins. Uh, they succeed, Annie gets surprised, but Annie's also upset because Annie's the one that teaches, like, the kids how to ride their bikes without training wheels. Uh, and whereas, like, Cecilia kind of butt in somewhere where she's not even family and she butt in, uh, Annie was like, it's okay. Well, I mean, how would she ever know that that's like a, like, Annie's like, I taught all my kids to ride their bikes. So, that's like, true, I guess. How would, and Cecilia even says that. She's like, oh, I didn't realize this was a big deal to you. Like, some kid in the neighborhood taught me how to um, ride my bike. So, um, that's something that's a little more understandable. That's fair. That's fair. Um, than like this. So anyway, that's like about that for those storylines. Um, 
just confused about Cecilia. And also... And Ashley Simpson's acting choices. And also, just generally speaking, like, the fact that... I feel like this is a recycled storyline for Annie again. Right, we already went through this with Cecilia, but now we're going through it with Lucy. I guess that's the thing. And I think that this is also building to... I'm not exactly sure when Lucy has a child, but I think this is, like, building to... um, the conflict between Lucy and Kevin when Kevin is like, you shouldn't have butt into, you know, uh, Annie and Ruthie's relationship. Because Annie it's, might butt into... you. Like, I think it's just like setting the... And also for Lucy and Kevin to have different parenting styles when they eventually have, like, kids. I think it's setting up... That. That, or just, like, giving us a glimpse into it. I don't really remember exactly um, how that plays out, but I think it's just, like... I don't know. But show, I, I think it's supposed to be showing us, like, Lucy is an adult because um, she's starting to, like, try her hand at parenting her children. Her, Other people's her children. Siblings, <laughs> her siblings. <laughs> so, anyway, um, we can move on to... The final storyline. Which is Martin, which whose name, who the episode is named for. Yeah. So we st- we actually come back from the cold open with Martin showing us his shortstop skills uh, while they're like having bra- uh, practice for at the off season. Um, things to note about this scene: first of all, uh, Martin's baseball coach is doesn't have a name, but is the man from Veep. <laughs> That's what I can tell you. It's Kevin Dunn is the actor's name, and if anybody watches Veep, which is one of my favorite shows of all time, he plays. Uh, oh shit! I don't even remember his name. I guess it's not your favorite show of all time. It is. It really, it's such a good show, though. It's so funny. He plays a very funny character who's one of, like, the advisors to uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus' character, which is the vice president. Uh, I believe that all these men were actually baseball men because the first baseman was actually wearing a first baseman's glove, which I think if they were just there for TV... They if they were actors, I think they would have screwed that up and probably just had a normal glove on the first baseman. In this scene, we also have Tanner Hecklin, who is Tyler Hecklin's brother, and this is the first time they've acted beside each other. And another person that we have in this scene, which is a character who's going to be reoccurring, I think, throughout the show, is uh, a character named Mac, who is one of the baseball players on uh, Martin's team. And Mac is played by Kyle Seals. Seals. Uh, and Kyle is actually friends with Tyler Hecklin in real life, and Tyler is the one that got Kyle the audition for this part. So wow. inside information for you there. Um, so yeah, uh, it starts with them at a baseball practice. A- after practice, well, they're given a water break, then they see the coach talking to some other guy in a suit. Um, so they're like, who's that? Oh, and then they speculate, it might be a coach from a different team, it might be this person, and they're like, no, it's a scout, because it's the off season, so it would only be a scout here to see like the seniors. Um, so after practice, um, Martin is there late after everybody else. And we learned that he ran five miles and he lifted some weights or something after practice. Um, and the coach is like, Martin, I want you to meet someone. This is a scout from the Miami Gators, um, which is a conflation of the Miami Hurricanes and the Florida Gators, which are college teams, but they are pretending that this is a major league baseball team. The Miami Gators is not a real Major League Baseball team. So the Miami Gators have sent a scout, and the scout wants Martin to be on their baseball team. Martin is obviously ecstatic. He is a junior in high school who's 16 years old and who's just been recruited for a Major League team. Uh, He 
in his excitement, explains, like, everything to the Rev and Annie. I think the basic plan is that they would take him out of school. He would get private tutors to get his GED, or he might test out of high school, like, on his own. Uh, he'll be on, like, the pharma team for two years until he turns 18, and once he turns 18, he gets to play in the majors. Uh, and the Rev and Annie are not on board with this idea. This, uh, this kind of, like, connects back to one of the first scenes in this episode, which is the fact that Annie and the Rev are talking about how to parent Martin. Uh, Martin is not the Robbie situation, because Robbie came into the house when he was older than 18 years old. Martin is still a teenager and still, like, a minor, technically, so he's under their, like, protection. So do, does Annie treat him like a son? Does she treat him like a neighbor? Does she treat him like somebody who's coming over for dinner every day? Like, what is it? Uh, and so that kind of connects to this in that they don't know if they should, like, tell him no or if they should step in and... Or what to do. Right. Um the Rev obviously has to interfere, and he does. I think that this would have been played out better if the Rev talked to Martin first, um, because what the Rev does is he goes and tells the scout or something. No, the coach. The coach, like, oh, I don't think this is a good idea. Martin should finish high school and go to college, and then if they, you know, if they still want him after college, then he can become, like, a ball player, but he should get his education first. So then the Rev goes to see Martin, who was at the batting cages and very angrily taking his cuts. And uh, the... They have a conversation, basically, about the fact that Martin... That the Rev went over Martin's head. Um, and and Mar- we, we learn that Martin is like, well, it's okay because the scout or the coach said it's up to my legal guardian. And my legal guardian right now is my aunt. So screw you. I'm going to do what I want. My aunt thinks that this is a good idea. So because she's also very young. Yeah. <laughs> and also trying to pursue fashion in New York currently. Yeah. So she's line. obviously like all about following your dreams. Um, we also find out that Martin has not told his father about this latest development in his career and, uh, that he's afraid of telling his father because he doesn't know what his father's going to say. His plan is to not tell his father until like after it's all done, basically. Um, so the Rev leaves, Martin's still angry, and Cecilia shows up. And Cecilia and him have a conversation in which Cecilia's like, look, I agree with the Rev, I care about you, um, and this is, you're not doing the right thing. And Martin's like, So, yeah. Martin, angry. Yeah. Um, we get another slight by, uh, the Rev in that he not only went to the coach without telling Martin, but then he actually goes and talks, or emails, I guess, uh, Martin's, Martin's dad father, yeah. without telling him. And Martin's dad it definitely does not agree with this baseball career idea and conv- and tells Martin's aunt that uh, not to like let not to be the le- like not to sign the thing that says you can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Martin's pissed. Yeah. I appreciated the scene a lot because Martin's like, you can't do this, you're not God. And he's like, I'm just like somebody that cares. And like, well, you're not my father. Like, you were just my neighbor before. And like, what makes you think you can do this? And the Rev's just like, I'm just doing what's best for you. I'm just a father standing in front of, in, uh, standing in, in, in for another father who's across the world. Uh, and this episode kind of ends basically in that it's not resolved and that Martin's father's coming back. Uh, in a way that's not realistic at all. Yeah, I don't think it is. Um, I think maybe when there's like a death in the family, you can get this sort of leave from the military. But 
Um, Martin's father is coming home on some sort of emergency leave from the military because he's worried about Martin and he wants to come and give him some sage fatherly advice. So that's where we leave the episode. Martin's father's coming back. We don't know if Martin's going to go to the majors, if he's not going to go to the majors. Uh, so yeah, that's all, like one day living with the Camdens and he's already pissed off at them. Yeah. Um, and that's really the episode completed. Yeah, it is. What would you rate this episode? Um, I mean, it's going to get like a 3.5 for baseball. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I will give this another three. A solid set of tr- threes for the last few episodes for me. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking for some... I think I think my issue is I'm waiting for it to get even more absurd is what I'm waiting uh, for. Oh, well, we're, we're getting there. I mean, season nine is where it really takes off. Because uh, I feel like... I feel like I'm either going to rate it really high when it gets absurd just for the absurd value or rate it really low because it's just so bad. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We'll find out when we get there. And you can join us when we get there by listening to new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday on SoundCloud.com slash on Stitcher and on the Apple iTunes podcast app. You can follow us on social media um, on Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. Our handles on um, Instagram and Twitter are at CamdenCastShow. And you can email us at camdencast at gmail.com. I'm Erin. I'm Tanby, and this is Camdencast. Where can you